Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, brought to you by TickPick.com, where you can use the backslash breakdown and get $10 off your first order. Go to TickPick.com slash breakdown. News and notes for your Cleveland Browns. Not, uh, not a, I guess a ton, but not a ton going on here. As We'll go through it quickly. Greg Newsom is uh, added, unfortunately, to the COVID-19 list, so that means he is... Not going to be able to make the trip, even if he cleared concussion protocol, uh, which is which is what he was dealing with still. So he's added to the list. We'll be out this weekend. They get back Austin Hooper. The Browns get back um, Kevin Stefanski. It looks like Baker Mayfield will be back this weekend. Uh, other notes: the the bigger news of the day is the releasing of Jamie Gillen. This should not surprise anybody, and I don't think it did. Those who watch the Browns, discuss them, whatever, on social, because Gillen had struggled for a good while. He had not been punting with any consistency. And really, even though Colquitt had come in and done a nice job, still can tell where the Browns really need a guy that can consistently put the football down the field in weird AFC North conditions. So that is going to be a key thing to focus on this offseason. I do not think Colquitt will be the long-term answer. Um but he will do better this year than what we have seen from Jamie Gillen. So really, really no surprise there. Stefanski also noted that he is going to stick with Chase McLaughlin, which might not be popular right now, considering he's four of his last nine. But at this point in the year, changing kicker, an impossible task with all the COVID protocols, with the madness going on, they really have no choice but to stick with McLaughlin. They can pull up off the practice squad if they need to. But for now... Um, you know, I think it's pretty obvious why you have to stick with McLaughlin. They're going to be looking at kickers and punters in the off season. Expect that, um, on the Packers side, they did lose. And we're going to talk to our guests here in a little bit. Kenny Clark is still their do- dominant defensive tackles, uh, in protocols. And then, uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling is also in protocol. So that is something to monitor throughout the rest of the week. Uh, otherwise for your Browns, not, not a ton of other information going on as Gillen, like we talked about. Uh, Jacob Phillips is back, and JoJo Natson also is returned from the COVID list. And the only other thing that came out was interesting was late in the day is that SI's Albert Breer said he made what he called an educated guess that the Browns will be in the offseason interested in Deshaun Watson. So what he called it was an educated guess. They'll be interested or in on that run. I don't know. I'm not going to comment on it. There's a lot of moving parts with Deshaun Watson. You have your opinion on it. Uh, and, and to each their own here, that whole court case has to settle itself. All of those things that happen there are, are not good uh, in any way, shape or form, no matter if it's a settlement, doesn't seem like it's going to be a criminal case or there would have been at this point, but there are many teams who have been sort of buzzed, to be interested in Deshaun Watson. We haven't really heard anybody link the Cleveland Browns to it. Albert Breer did that on 92.3 The Fan. Again, could be nothing, could be nonsense, uh, or there could be something there. I don't know. We'll just have to see, but I did kind of find that noteworthy in what was a relatively quiet day that that came out later in the day, kind of toward dinner time, 
uh, a little five, six o'clock area. And again, a relatively noteworthy NFL name saying with a little wink, wink that he knows the Browns are going to be in on whatever those discussions are uh, pertaining to Watts in the offseason. Again, I don't have a comment on it. I don't have a stance on it. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that with the details we have on Watson, they're really ugly. We need to see sort of some truth come out about how all that happened, and we'll go from there. So I don't know. But again, it could be absolutely nothing because maybe they're not even interested, and this is just much to do about nothing. Who knows? Anyway, let's move on to our guest. Dusty Evely does a great job covering the Packers. I have followed him for a while. Uh, You know, the week being um, tightened up here, we're going to do a little more defense discussion with John. John Colosimo tomorrow, so I know I didn't get to cover the comprehensive defensive breakdown, but I wanted to get Packers information out before we do our Friday show with John. Then the game is here Saturday. It's all going to happen very quickly. So let's get over to that interview with Dusty, who, again, one of the best in any realm of NFL Twitter, not just covering the Packers, but he was the guy I had to talk to about Green Bay ahead of this important matchup. So let's get over that interview right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Short week. We got Christmas coming. This is all packed together. So I wanted to get my favorite Green Bay follow on the show. Dusty, what's happening? Thanks for joining the show. Not much, man. Excited to be here, Jake. Always been a fan of your work, so I'm I'm excited the Packers or Browns are playing each other just just so we get a chance to chat, dude. It has been listen. It's been a long time since Cleveland's been to Green Bay. I, I'm not even sure 2015, 16. I don't know. It's been a while since Cleveland's been up to Green Bay. There's a lot of talk. Kevin Stefanski talking about the historic nature of Lambeau, and I think some of the Browns players will be at least these these guys of recent years will be a little taken back by seeing it's a historic place. I'm excited for them to get up there. And, you know, Green Bay's obviously fighting for everything. The, the league, and I, I was talking to my, ironically, I'm a little personal, I'm talking to my dad about this. Like, hey, maybe they'll sit. I said, Dad, they got one bye in the NFL these days in each conference. You're not getting anybody sitting at this time of year because you need to get that bye. So we're going to see everybody. But I want to talk about how the Packers got to where they are. Let's start first with, with Matt LaFleur. You know, it was OC at Tennessee, a controversial 
I think at the time a little bit controversial when they when they decided to hire him because people didn't know much about him coming out of the McCarthy era. So so how has that gone? Is it start rough, got better, or is it just been a really great marriage coming in? And it is a similar system. It's the Shanahan Kubiak stuff mm-hmm. that he brings in. So how has that whole marriage gone? It's been great, dude. I mean, honestly, when he came on, he was I think number two on my list. I, it was kind of pointing before the hire that it was going to be Josh McDaniels. So I kind of had him penciled in just because it seemed like a lot of signs are pointing there. But I had LaFleur, too, just because he had that background with the Rams and Tennessee. I mean, you could see the stuff he was doing was cool, even if even if the results weren't necessarily there. It's kind of more of a personnel thing. So that first year was good. I mean, they went, you know, 13 and three and then got just absolutely demolished by the Niners in the NFC championship game. Uh, but but you could see the stuff kind of coming in. The, the whole thing was, you know, this was going to take likely a year the whole Rodgers, you know, he had even been in the same system for forever. He tried to marry two of those systems together, some of the Shanahan stuff, what Rodgers did with McCarthy. So it's kind of this hybrid system look. And so that first year was 13 and three, but they, they certainly did not look like a 13 and three team. Um, I can't remember what their, uh, they, they outperformed their, their record, their Pythagorean record or something by like three wins or something, which is always like, that's going to come crashing back to earth. And then uh, the second season was tremendous. I mean, you know, Rogers won the MVP. He clearly bought in. They were running kind of more of that core Shanahan stuff, less of what the McCarthy, what Rogers wanted to do. And they were just off and rolling. Uh, you know, the red zone efficiency was insane last year, which helped them quite a bit. And they lost a heartbreaker NFC championship game again. Then this year, they're a, another three loss team uh, kind of coming into it. Going to be favored in these last three, you know, apologies in advance for, for that, um, uh, for this, this upcoming weekend. But, you know, not not quite as rosy this year. There's, you know, ups and downs. And a lot of that's been kind of injuries. And Rodgers hasn't been practicing because of his toe stuff. And, you know, a lot of their big name guys have been out. But there's, you know, they're still chugging along. I think they're, they've got the the win expectancy of a nine win team or something like that. So they're outperforming again, which we'll see happen with an elite quarterback. But, I mean, it's been from, you know, so it's been up and down. The first year was a little rocky. Second year, amazing. This third year, I mean, I think by football outsiders DVOA, they're number two in the league and they've looked like it. Defense has been better. So, I mean, in my mind, I mean, man, perfect marriage. Like seems like uh, LaFleur seems like a, like a good dude in general. Players seem to like him. His scheme is tremendous. Like he leans on that Shanahan uh, tree, definitely more Shanahan than McVay. So he leans into that, yeah. but still takes advantage of, you know, a lot of the Shanahan stuff that you see. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> well, th- there's quarterback shortcomings. So you work around that. This is the Shanahan system with a quarterback who is, you know, an all world quarterback. So I think it's been, it's gone, I mean, at least as well as expected. I mean, it's certainly better than I think anyone could have dreamed of when, when he was actually a uh, named coach there. Yeah, the, the, the match of quarterback head coach and, and you really put it into perspective, which is something that, that Cleveland would love to eventually have, which is elite <laughs> yeah. quarterback play with this offensive structure. Now, let me backtrack it a little bit, Dusty, and ask mm-hmm. you, th- there's so much turmoil around whether Aaron was going to want to be there this year. And it seems from the outside looking in, and again, I'm totally outside looking in, Things have gone really well. He seems pretty happy. Is mm-hmm. there this concrete idea that they're all separating at the end of this season? Or is it just like a bump in the road, a great quarterback and wanting to more of a hand in the franchise and it'll end up working out that he'll retire here? Or is it literally going toward the direction where this is the last ride? I think no one knows. I mean, before the season, it was very much this. Well, before the season, it was no one knows if he's going to come back. And then once he was back, it was kind of, okay, this is going to be the last year. They kind of restructure the deal but even even then it was this okay well i think he even said if i want to be back i'll be back like we'll find a way like we'll make it happen but this was like a trial year more or less see how it goes 
if things go well with, you know, the personnel stuff and I have a hand in it and if I feel good about this and all the direction it's heading and blah, 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 I'll be back. Uh, but it was still, it's still, I mean, I, day by day, I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this because sometimes he'll say something like, well, he's coming, he's coming back and then something will happen. And he'll say something like, well, I don't know if he's coming back. And so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the cap is they're, they're up against the cap more than they've ever been. I know the cap's going up next year, but I think they're, um, 62 million over, which, you know, the cap is fake to an extent and you can work around some of that stuff, but, uh, you know, he's up Devonte Adams is up as well for a deal. And so it's kind of this uh, right now, my gut feeling is that he's back. I think it's one of the, and I think the Packers will definitely want him back, but definitely, I think at this point it comes down to kind of what he's feeling when the season's done. I think, uh, you know, some of the moves they made, you know, Randall Cobb coming in and, and, you know, that was kind of the big one. And there's lots of jokes about that. Well, he finally got his man, Randall Cobb's back. Uh, but I do think like he's, I, it sounds like he's had a better relationship with it's the front office more than anything. He loves the floor. He loves the players. Uh, it's just kind of the, the Gutekunst front office thing there uh, that it sounds like, it sounds like they're communicating better. I mean, at this point, like I said, I change day by day. I'm I'm of the mind that when it happens, it happens. Uh, I have no idea what's happening, but my gut feeling now is that is that they find a way to bring him back and find a way to bring Devontae back next year as well. Yeah, I think people are all just sort of banking on Aaron. It's a it's like there's seventy. That's a bit much. About seventeen NFL franchises that are like, well, we'll trade for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I mean, like, are you <laughs> you really sure about that? It's always funny looking at people look from the outside trying to get uh, the the future positivity on situations that have so much <laughs> uncertainty. And it's like, hey, have you looked at your roster? I'm not sure what would appeal Aaron to come to your <laughs> roster anyway. That's yeah. a discussion for a different time. Let's. He's great. Uh, I'm sure we could do a forty minute pod on him <laughs> uh, as far as the football talent. And I continue to say. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play. I didn't get a chance to watch Marino, so I don't have that in front of me. But everybody I have watched in my adult life coming up through when I was a first to football, I've never seen a more talented quarterback. Not the best career, maybe, but as far as a pure thrower of the football, playing the position, making throws nobody else can make, that guy is... He's it. And it's going to be, yeah. you know, for us Cleveland fans, it'll be really cool to watch him, get to see him operate. I want to talk about his weapons. Aaron Jones, it looks like A.J. Dillon has a little more hand in things this year. Mm -hmm. uh, big, powerful running back. Uh, really liked him in the 20 draft. Talk about the weapons at running back and then and then maybe a little bit about tight end to what they're doing there uh, with the injury situation. Yeah, so running back room is pretty, uh, pretty set. It's Aaron Jones who, I mean, as of four weeks ago, looked like he might be out for the year. He had a knee injury and went down and, oh my, like it looked terrible. Like he's probably done. And then he missed, I think, one game and they had the bye. And so he's been back and they kind of were kind of helping him along a little bit. Um, I can't remember what it was, uh, PCL strain, something like that in his knee. And then this past week was really, uh, really kind of unleashed full again. So, I mean, while he was gone, it was AJ Dillon. So that's the one, two. And it's kind of a thunder and lightning situation. Dillon is the big power back. I mean, just an insane bruising runner uh, with, with nice hands. So they will use him in the passing game. And then we know, we know Jones and number three is Patrick Taylor, who, I mean, really only got a little bit of run when, uh, when Jones missed that game, but it's pretty much been it. And uh, the Kylan Hill was their three and he was kind of their kick returner as well, which special teams, it's own special kind of nightmare. Uh, but he blew out his knee early in the year, I think midway through. So Patrick Taylor has been the RB three, but like I said, he got snaps, the one game Jones missed, but that's pretty much been it. So your running backs are Jones and Dylan. Although we're on those guys, you'll see packages with both of them on the field, that pony package with both of them on the field at the same time. And they will split both of them out. You know, Jones is a better runner route runner than AJ Dylan, but Dylan can catch the ball. They'll use him in space a little bit. We've seen more of that this year. So that's certainly something to look out for. And then uh, tight ends, uh, you know, Tunyon was kind of the big guy last year. And then he, he, 
was off to a slow start for, you know, reasons I won't really get into fully here. But uh, then he tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. So that room now looks like it's Mercedes Lewis, you know, who's 87 years old at this point <laughs> and just grown man grandpa strength. If he get, they, They're looking for ways to get the ball in his hands. So that's one thing to look out for. They'll give him the ball in space, and the first guy never brings him down. That man looks like an offensive lineman and looks like a blocks like an offensive lineman. He gets the ball in his hands. He's just looking to hit people. He'll he juked to go to the guy this past week, which was insane. Uh, so it's Mercedes Lewis is kind of that six. <laughs> he's basically the sixth offensive lineman that will catch tight end screens. Uh, Josiah DeGuara, who you know came out that same year as AJ Dillon, is kind of their uh, kind of their H back guy. I almost think of like a use check for the Niners, and he's a, a good blocking back. He's been they've been working him into the past game a little bit more but definitely more uh kind of fullback h back than than tight end at this point dominique daphne had been injured but he's you know kind of like mercedes lewis light more of a blocker than a catcher but they'll leak him out on occasion he's missed the past few games and he'll be in and then the last guy is tyler davis who caught i think his second career catch this past week uh i i he was more of a uh kind of more of a project kind of profiles more as a big wide receiver, almost like Tunyon was when he came in. So kind of raw. They'll, they'll place him in line. He's I think he got, I don't know, 39% of offensive snaps this past week. So they're working him a little bit more. That's probably go down with uh, with Daphne back in a little bit. Definitely more receiver than blocker and not a huge explosive guy yet, but a guy it seems like is, is kind of getting a little more run as the season goes on. So he's kind of your dark horse to look out for. Yeah, wide receiver group is ridiculous. I mean, Devontae Adams, as much as we talk about Aaron being special, I think Devontae's carving a path for, I mean, I would imagine he's on a Hall of Fame path at this point into his career. It seems like Valdez Cantling has come into his own as a second guy, and they've really gotten good exposure for some of the others. You know, Alan Lazard uh, has been, been around through, you know, situations where they've needed him more than they maybe have right this second, but he's gotten good experience, and then I, I would imagine Amari Rogers might be the fourth guy. You can enlighten us so so. The wide receiver group as dangerous as ever. How are you feeling about how that's evolved? Are they still a guy short? Where where are they at there in your opinion? I like the mix. Now this weekend specifically, and this just came out today, and so the details are a little sketchy, or yesterday, I guess. Uh Valdez Scantling just went on the COVID reserve list. Okay. And so by all it looks like now it's not been concrete. I believe he is vaccinated. So there is a chance if he, you know, tests negative before the game, he may be starting. But right now it looks like he's on the outside looking in. So it's Devontae who's just, I mean, like you said, just, you know, gold jacket he had for a while and he's exploding the past few years. But I think he had three straight seasons of 997 yards receiving. And so you had this. He didn't hit a thousand yards receiving. He had three within like three yards of it, which is just insane. So Devontae Adams, Lazard, you mentioned kind of more blocker and they'll use him. They'll leak him out a little bit. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown is a guy I really, really like. He was last a uh, couple years with them. He came out, <clears throat> excuse me, he came out the same draft as, as Velda Scantling, uh, around higher, actually. And then he never really caught on. And he, they, they cut him. He was on the practice squad. He came back this year, and he's looked a lot better. He's not made a huge impact yet, but he's got speed. Um, he's the brother of, of Amon Ross St. Brown, who was drafted this past year by the Lions. Uh, speed, really nice route runner, has improved as a blocker, and he missed the past two games because of a concussion. But I assume he's going to be back. It looks like he's practicing, so he'll be back on the field this week. Uh, and he's nice. He has issues with his hands, um, but really good athlete. Like uh, I think you know, top-tier Raz guy, uh, nine-point eight or something freak of an athlete, long rangey guy. Amari Rogers. I like, I love Amari Rogers, Rogers, but he's third round pick. He's not done much so far. They're using him on jet motion stuff like that, which was assumed. Um, and then they called up, uh, Juwan Winfrey, uh, who got some run this past week, but he's, he's 
kind of just a body. And so this week they're not, I mean, they're limited a little bit. I think that's, that's one of the things that kills you. They don't have a ton of speed on the field when, uh, when Valdez Scantling can't, can't play in this, this weekend, he may not be able to play. So that's kind of their deep threat guy. He can do a little bit more than that, but he kind of takes the top off there. So without him, you can kind of compress them a little bit in terms of what you can do offensively, but you know, it's still, you're not limiting them too much because Adams is just is is so good. So that's that's kind of the guys to look out for. It's a you know Adams, Lazard, Equinemius, St. Brown are going to be your top three. Yeah, the Browns are down Greg Newsom, so that, uh, that. The, yeah he's he was out last week and then got put on the COVID list this week, so he'll be out. Uh, we'll see what they're going to do with Nickel. That's a bit of a mystery situation still, as Troy Hill's been hurt. Uh, we'll see who comes back. It's still a matter of the clock with some of these guys coming back. Yeah. So I do expect uh, Denzel Ward to get plenty of chances with Devontae Adams, but that's not the receiver he typically does all too well with. So it'll be an <laughs> interesting challenge for him. Uh, talk O line. I think I think the thing's going to surprise people is that if you're if you're a casual fan here, you probably never heard of many of them because yeah. the signature players have either been uh, have moved on or I think you know I think Buck, is Bakhtiari still hurt. Yeah, yeah, he's he had been practicing um, the past few weeks, and so it looked like he was close to a return, but he is he is not yet returned. Um, okay. And actually, he didn't practice. He's already been ruled out for this weekend, uh, so so no one's quite sure when he's coming back. But yeah, I'm looking at the starting five now. Billy Turner got hurt a couple weeks ago. Uh, he he didn't start this past game. So right now, of their five, there's one guy who likely would have been a starter to begin the season, but not in the position that he was likely going to start at. It's uh, <laughs> Yash Nyman at left tackle. Uh, who was a kind of a project guy. He'd been kicking around for a little bit, freak athlete, but just couldn't really put it all together. So he's now our starter. He's the, he's the starting left tackle for the Packers. John Runyon Jr. is left guard, um, and he's been uh, he's been tremendous. He's the, I kind of assumed he was starting at right guard, um, but then he had to kick over at left when Bakhtiari wasn't back. Lucas Patrick is the center, kind of a, a, a utility guy who's you know thrust into a starting role because Josh Myers got injured. Uh, Royce Newman at right guard, who kind of was, was a – a rookie this year uh, looked really good in preseason. And then he kind of has had some issues. Some of that stuff's been cleaned up, but some of his past pro was real, real bad early. And then Dennis Kelly, who was with the Titans last year and had just been sitting on the bench until Billy Turner went down this past week. So, you know, Billy Bakhtiari's down. Billy Turner went down a couple weeks ago. Josh Myers, who's the rookie center out of Ohio state went down and there's been very little information on him. He went down with a knee injury that didn't seem that serious. We've not seen him in weeks at this point. And then Elton Jenkins kind of the, all world, all pro guy, wherever you put him on the line towards ACL a few weeks back. So he's been out as well. So not, not the most intimidating uh, top five they've done. They've done fine, you know, better in pass pro than, than run blocking for sure. Uh, but they're just, uh, yeah, they're, it's not the group you want to see out there. Well, the the good thing for them is it seems like miles is dealing with a groin that is mm-hmm. likely to keep him out and they don't get a ton of interior pressure anyway. And we'll see. They just lost Tack McKinley to an Achilles, which is brutal for their depth. Yeah. We'll see if Clowney makes his way back from the COVID list because he went on the COVID list very late. So I don't know. I think he went on like Sunday. So I don't know if he'll even make it back. And if so, it'll be a really bad. If you're down <laughs> Tack, you're down uh, Miles and, and Clowney, it's not, it's not a very good D-line. So should yeah. uh, should be favored in that section. They'll fight. They got some guys that play hard. But they're just they don't have enough talent. They don't have enough interior talent. That's a place they're going to have to look to get better in the offseason. Let's switch to defense where I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, still running a three four mm-hmm. and uh relying on Kenny but Kenny Clark's a COVID issue as well, isn't he? 
Yeah. Now, Kenny Clark, uh, it sounded like based on quotes today, what LaFleur said in this, I don't know, is it relatively cryptic? He's eligible to play, which sounds good. But then he followed that up with he must get through some protocols first. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know what that means. I mean, he's he's vaccinated. So it's kind of a if he tests negative. But, you know, there's likely some if he had covid, which it sounds like he did. There's some health things to get past. So that's probably some of the stuff he has to get past to make sure. He's healthy enough to get on the field. So, yeah, Clark was out. Uh, you know, we're hoping hoping that he's you know healthy first of all, and that he's he's able to get back on the field. Uh, you know, they beat the Ravens this past weekend, but they certainly missed him. He's a he's a dominant. He he just got named to the Pro Bowl. One of the three guys, three Packers, got named to the Pro Bowl, and just very well deserved. Uh, he's been I think tremendous his entire time in the league. Just an all world wrecker in the middle, and he's just he's turned it up a notch this year. So, uh, if he's back, that's a huge boon to that defensive line because the rest of the guys. There's some guys on there that have been doing some good stuff, but no one, no one of that level. It's Kingsley Kiki, who's a project guy. He's been getting better, but he's kind of more interior pass rush than than polished run defender. Uh, Dean Lowry, who I mean, before this season, I was like, I don't know how he's going to fit into this defense, and he's like multiple times per game just shoving linemen back in the lap of the quarterback. So he's not amazing, but he's he's turned into a really nice lineman in the system. Uh, he's had a really nice year. Tyler Lancaster is just he's a dude. He's a body kind of a big bodied guy that's not really going to get after the quarterback, but he'll he'll stuff up some lanes. Mm-hmm. TJ Slayton was a I think fifth round pick this past year out of Florida. Big dude like he's uh, I, I, I don't know. They, they, he's listed at three thirty and that, and that seems way too low for him. But he's <laughs> uh, kind of the same thing. Like he's a stuffer. He's got some pass rush moves. We've seen that out of him, but he's fifth round rookie. He's just not really consistent. He can get taken advantage of a little bit. And then Heflin, we haven't really seen Jack Heflin. We haven't seen a whole lot of, but Clark really is kind of when Clark's there, he kind of makes the whole thing go. And as we saw against the Ravens this past week, running game can get off, uh, can, can get going a little bit without Clark there in the middle. Cause he's the guy that kind of stirs the drink and everyone else. There's some, there's some nice pieces there, but, but they can certainly get bodied if Clark isn't in the mix. Yeah. I think the pass rush seems like it's getting back on track. Um, you know, talk, talk about it because you're, you're getting your I mean, the Browns are pretty familiar with three, four schemes with Baltimore, Pittsburgh. But talk about who comes off the edge and then your two off ball backers, because they're getting some good off ball backer play there, too, I think. Yeah, they are. Uh, so the, the the edge group, you know, Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith were the two big signings a couple of years ago. We, we've not seen Zedaria. So he came in. He played in the Saints game, limited snaps. He had a back issue. and We've not seen him since. And all of this stuff has been very cryptic around him in terms of like, well, it looked like he was returning to practice and now, well, he's not available to practice yet. So he's a big dude and it's a back injury. Like I have no idea what the timeline is on that. He's not coming back. And so coming into the year is they've got these three good pass rushers and we haven't seen Zedarius, but like 30 snaps in week one. But you got Preston Smith off the edge and he's been just an absolute monster. He was, uh, you know, kind of up and down last year, had a slow start last year to the point where people kind of thought he was going to get cut in the off season. And he's just been just an absolute monster. Uh, lots of good, good pressure, really hard, uh, run edge setter, like just, just a, a big dude with enough quickness to hurt you. And then Rashawn Gary, who was the first round pick out of Michigan a couple of years ago. Uh, I didn't love the pick at the time. It was kind of this, well, if he can put it together, he can be really, really good. He can lose contain sometimes, but he's mainly a speed to power guy. He's tremendous. We've seen some dip in his game a little bit as well, where he can kind of get underneath the hands, some really good chop moves. So uh, Gary's been, I can't remember where he sits. I think 
tied for fourth in the league in pressures or something like that. Like he's, he's been, Gary's been just an absolute monster this year. He's got a, I think he's still wearing the shoulder harness. I really thought he was done for the year a few weeks back. He got his arm caught up in a pretty nasty looking injury there. So your main, but he's been, he's been amazing. So your main guys, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. And then it's, I mean, outside of that, you know, again, like Z wasn't in. And so they were like, well, we'll sign someone else. They signed Whitney Merciless and Merciless uh, was looking really, really good. And then, you know, Merciless, he tore his ACL the first or second game he was in, so he's been out. Uh, so it's basically Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Jonathan Garvin, a uh, little spider Garvin there, and um, I'm going to butcher his name, I think, uh, Tipa Naliai, uh, and he's they're they're fine. Their bodies, uh, we've, we've not seen much from either one of those guys. I think Naliai was signed last year, and he didn't get snaps really until uh, three weeks ago. And so it's, and he's been a regular because that, that group's just been brutalized. So, you know, outside of Preston and Rashawn, you're not getting much, but those guys have just been so, so good, especially with Clark in the middle. That doesn't really matter. And then off ball, it's, you have to get the two main guys, Devondre Campbell, who was a late signee. I think they picked him up in July and he's playing, he did did not get named to the Pro Bowl, but I think he's playing Pro Bowl level and and Packers have been real starved for inside linebackers. Um, Someone asked me, like, who's the best inside linebacker of the past, like, whatever. I was like, oh, Nick Barnett. And Barnett hasn't played since, like, 06 or something. So uh, he's Campbell's been amazing, Um, real, real nice. And some of it, they they open lanes uh, up on the defensive line there, which is – kind of gives him free run but he you know he kind of com- he commands everyone he does a really nice job really good closing speed long arms solid tackler uh, just uh, more than you could have expected out of him so he's been a star in the middle and then the other guy really uh is chris barnes uh out of ucla drafted uh, undrafted i guess a couple years back solid like not amazing he's he's had some hits man he's had some plays overall like relatively limited but smart smart and a solid tackler and good closing speed uh, so those are kind of your main guys. A lot of times you, you'll you see, you know, you'll get five guys up on the line and one inside linebacker, and then inside linebacker is going to be Campbell. So he gets more play than Barnes. But both those guys have been solid. Outside of that, it's it's Oren Burks as the three, and he's kind of a guy that was a converted safety, so kind of a freak athlete but still hasn't put it together. But he's had some nice plays, and you'll see him out there occasionally. But it's basically uh, you'll see uh, Campbell and Barnes are your off-ball guys. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm looking at the IR list, and it is like it's yeah, it's pretty it's not, brutal. A lot of talent on there. Yeah, fr- sure. talking about that with Alexander out the secondary. Uh, Eric Stokes, I've seen some good things. I, yeah. I, I was really high on Darnell Savage coming out when he came out, liked him a ton. And then it's just kind of getting. I mean, Rasul Douglas has been pretty good, I, I think, from afar. Mm-hmm. So then it's yeah. just kind of getting back everybody. Is 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 uh well i'll let you enlighten us what's the injury situation look like do they get anybody back and then who's playing in this one yeah i mean kevin king's been in and out because his name is kevin king and he's always going to be in and out but he played he played this past week and he's turned into a pretty good season i mean he's a guy who's always kind of dealing with injuries but he's been he's been good but you're yeah your your top it's it's stokes who was i mean i i had concerns about him out of georgia he's his speed is insane but all of these kind of red flag not you know necessarily red flags but these holes in his game and some of it was somehow you didn't know if there were holes in the game because he wasn't really targeted and so how does he play the ball in the air stuff like that you didn't really see uh but his some of his balance at the top of his uh at the top of the routes there when a guy breaks like he'll kind of fade off because he didn't really know how to use his speed he's cleaned a lot of that stuff up man uh jerry gray the db's coach i think has done some tremendous work with him because he looks like he looks like a star already i mean obviously he's he's still going to have some issues uh he's been burned a couple times uh but for the most part Stokes has just been Stokes has been really really good for a guy pressed in when uh, pressed into action before anyone thought he was ready. Uh, I mentioned Kevin King, who 
you know, has kind of a kind of a weird sticking point for Packers fans because he he was picked instead of uh, T.J. Watt, uh, Watt being from Wisconsin. So that's kind of one of the big things, and he got torched against the box, but he's turned into solid year when he's healthy. Rasul Douglas, as you mentioned, has had, you know, not this past week, but the previous two games, he had picked sixes in both of those games. Uh, he had the game-clinching interception against the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. He's still, you know, somewhat limited. He'll get beat occasionally, but he's I mean, he's he's a dog, man. He's been a tremendous pickup off a of practice squad midseason. I mean, he's been everything you could have expected. Certainly, you'd like Jair in there instead, and you bump everyone down. But uh, Douglas has been every bit as good as you can expect a guy out of there. Uh, Channon Sullivan is is going to be your slot corner, who's I mean, turned in a pretty good year. Um, again, another guy that's limited that was not great coming into this year, but he's kind of he's turned it around. I think Joe Barry's done some. You know, again, I don't know if it's Joe Barry or Jerry Gray, but some was really nice work with him. He he will still he'll still, he'll get targeted, and if he's targeted, uh, he can get killed a little bit. But he's he's been pretty nice for them this year. Um, and the safeties, yeah, it's Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Uh, Savage still, I mean, Savage had a rough game against Baltimore. Um, basically, they were they were just like putting Mark Andrews on him and going go and get him, and he just ate Savage up. But speedy guy, he also kind of had he had the basically the game winning knock a knock away uh, kind of pass deflection on the two point conversion against the Ravens is just his closing speed is insane. He's gotten better. Um, kind of when they, when they throw him down, they, when they have that too high look and they spin him down into kind of more of a robber role where he can just kind of wreck, wreck the crossers tremendous. And his makeup speed is insane. And Adrian Amos, just a steady hand, man, like real, real good, solid tackler knows where to be. Uh, just, just a real, real solid group on the back end there. Those safeties are really like the backup safeties are terrible. Um, Vernon Scott and Henry Black, there's not not really just anything to speak of there. So, I mean, the, the room looks way better with Jair Alexander there, and you bump everyone down. Stokes is your two. You know, maybe Jair plays slot occasionally as you kind of nickel, and then Rasul Douglas you throw in there as well. But as it's been, I mean, they've been every bit as good as you can hope they would be with. I mean, Jair Alexander, in my mind, top five cornerback in the league. When he goes down, he went down in the, in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, they they really haven't missed a beat. I mean, except for the Vikings game, uh, Jefferson went nuts, but Jefferson's gonna go nuts, I think, sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's solid group. You know, you can take advantage of them, but uh, but solid group overall. They certainly outperformed expectations. And Mason Crosby, I mean, you know, Aaron was picked in what oh five, Crosby in oh seven. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a long tenure, man. How's he? Is he still <laughs> still hanging around? Did, he, did they cut for a little bit and then they brought him back? How did that, what <laughs> no, happened? There? No, they they. There's a guy named J.J. Molson that they protected on the practice squad, so it looks like Crosby's time will likely be coming to an end. And he had a real rough stretch, man. He had um, that's they played Cincy and they ended up beating Cincy in overtime. Uh, and it was a game where like I don't know the kickers because Evan McPherson out of Florida is who Cincy has. They missed I don't know five kicks between the two of them in like a three minute span between the like the closeout in the beginning of overtime. So it's been rough. Um, Crosby certainly has not been good. And some of that's been on, they had some issues kind of right side protection of their line during the, during uh, field goal, extra points. And then they, they got a new punter. Uh, they cut JK Scott. They, they grabbed a uh, Cody or Corey Boyorquez. I think is how you say his name. Uh, tremendous kicker, but apparently he was uh, a Rams guy. And apparently the book on him, even when he was with the Rams is terrible holder, terrible holder. So, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not a special teams guy uh, in any by any stretch of imagination. Not really sure if it's kind of a protection issue or a holding issue. But Crosby went through a real, real rough stretch this year. I think the, one of the worst stretches of his career. And so, it's kind of one of those is the writing on the wall. 
who knows special teams in, in general has been terrible uh but he's he's been solid the past couple weeks and he's made some big kicks he made a big kick uh, against the Niners to kind of win that game he ended up winning the the Bengals game so uh, I think he's gonna be fine but he he certainly it's been a dicey year for Mason Crosby which is what you can say about the entire special teams group at this point well Dusty this stuff has been great it's all we needed to know about Green Bay and more um kind of close with this how do you feel about this weekend uh, feeling like this is a team that you guys should be able to take care of? Uh, or is there a little bit of hesitancy based on maybe a letdown? I, the NFL's weird. It's the weirdest <laughs> year ever coming off a huge win in Green Bay or in, in Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't, this is a team led by leaders that I don't expect that to happen. But I, you know, like I said, it's a weird year. So I'm just kind of curious your feeling going into this one with Cleveland, what you think of that uh, Cleveland team as well. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always optimistic and I'm always hesitant. Is kind of how I how I go into games. I'm looking at this. I'm saying like on paper, I <laughs> the, Cleveland especially, and I apologize for this, but I'm looking at looking at the injury list. And the injury list has been all year, and then MVS went out today, and I was like, oh man, the offense looks way worse without MVS. Like, I, well, not way worse, but just a different group. And like you know, the win. I'm looking at the Cleveland injury list, and it's like, oh. Oh wow, they they're worse off than the Packers are at this point, uh, which 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 kind of sucks. Sorry for you guys, um, but no, I mean I I think I feel good about it. You know, Rodgers is again kind of like he's he's in God mode at this point over the past you know few weeks, especially they've got the weapons. Devontae's just killing people. I think they found a really good mix with Jones and Dylan, and Jones is back to full speed now. Um, the the defense has certainly had a couple clunkers late in the season, so that that concerns me a little bit they haven't necessarily seen bust but someone like people's jones would be like i could see him you know beating up on someone down the field they just had a really rough uh game against mark andrews so is that a uh, i think uh i think hooper just came back for you guys if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um and in joku as well i know like that's one of those if they want to target I, I feel like the tight ends have been an issue for the green bay defense going back to like the mid 90s at this point so Same. it's kind of a and it's a, yeah it's an, it's an evergreen thing but i feel like they could look to get those tight ends going and so it's one of those if, if they get those going and a couple of balls bounce either way but it look it's for one of those things for me i'm looking at both sides the browns could win this certainly um, but I think a lot of things would have to go wrong. I think a lot of things have to go wrong for the Packers and a lot of things have to go right for the Browns to win this game. But, you know, I, I don't know. The Lions just beat the Cardinals last week and the Bucks got blank for the Saints. So like you said, it's, it's a weird year. Nothing shocks me at this point. But on paper, looking at this, even with the injuries the Packers have, um, I certainly feel pretty confident that the Packers are coming out. This will win. Yeah, tall task for Cleveland. They, 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 I think there were a lot of folks who thought you had to get the game against the Raiders because then you didn't have to. You didn't have to go up and mm-hmm. win in Green Bay, where I think most people, even from the beginning of the season schedule release, were counting that as a loss, myself included. The only hope you have is that maybe it's a letdown game for the Packers. Maybe they look past it a little bit, uh, largely due to what Cleveland's dealing with, some of their own stuff late in the season. You're right. A lot of things have to bounce Cleveland's way. We'll see if the weird NFL stuff happens. But uh, this is a little glimpse. I want. I really was interested to see how you felt about some things, Dusty, because you know, the elite, elite quarterback play, kind of the confidence that surrounds any game when you have a guy like that. It's just, it's different. It's a different mm-hmm. tone. It's a different, it's a different feel about winning. You always feel optimistic. So uh, this is great. This is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted to get for our fans. I know that listeners of this pod will really appreciate you, Dusty. Before we split, tell everybody where they can find your work and where they can follow you and find uh, any of your opinions, stuff like that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I post everything I, I do there, but just at Dusty Evely. Uh, I write uh, two times a week over at Packer Report. 
uh, where I kind of I look at uh, kind of a big pressure from the week and then also kind of break down an offensive play and try to get into some of the schematics of that a little bit. Sometimes history, if I feel like going down that deep, uh, a big article every week is over on Cheesehead TV that runs on Wednesdays where I typically look at anywhere between five to seven kind of passing concepts the Packers ran the past week, why it worked, why it didn't. Sometimes I have themes to those, but more often than not, it's just a grab bag of plays. So that's kind of my my big stuff. And then I'll everything basically everything doesn't go there. I end up doing a uh, doing a video on it and posting it to YouTube, um, which I can't remember my channel, but you can find that on Twitter as well, or just kind of dumping clips of the timeline. So uh, on uh, you can find me on Twitter, and that's that's where uh, that's where I'll, I'll certainly be super annoying uh, pushing all my stuff there. One of the best Twitter follows for football content period not just the packers make sure you follow him dusty thanks again man we appreciate it so much appreciate you dig all right guys that's a wrap for today's episode huge thank you to dusty for joining the show i think again want to remind you if you can to go out and follow him and uh, check out his nfl content because one of the best doing it and uh, i don't say that lightly because i only tried to steer you guys in the direction of people i think do a really nice job Thank you for your continued support at the OBR, whether through the Twitter, whether through uh, Twitch or this this podcast or the website or whatever. Always appreciate that very much, guys. Christmas is getting close. I hope your weeks are winding down, getting some time off, hopefully, to spend with your family before the big day this weekend. I'll be back tomorrow with John Colosimo for our usual Friday episode and then Brad Ward on Saturday morning, uh, Christmas morning, for your game day preview should you get some time to listen to that. Appreciate, again, your support, guys, so, so much. Have a great day. Day, a great Thursday and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.